Now, when people hear the term sex tech, their minds uh, often jumps to AR, VR, or robots. However, um, this industry encompasses much more. And um, the technology that involved in this industry can offer also much more for human sexuality. Uh, however, unfortunately, this um, tech sector uh, is still uh, swept under the rack. Um, but the first question is, why did we decide to talk about it today? Well, uh, actually in our company, SexDojo, uh, we developing some uh, dating platform for one of our clients. And even though it's technically very complex system, it's not the uh, technical problems team will remember struggling with. So, out of the natural curiosity, uh, we decided to dig deeper and uh, understand why on earth in 2021 we are still having this topic stigmatized and how we can help people who uh, want to do their sex tech startup uh, to uh, proceed. For this reason, we have invited experts in this industry to um, talk about uh, some obstacles and opportunities for startups who have already launched their product in this industry or considering it. Uh, so, um, I'm very um, honored to introduce you to our guest today. Uh, so, our first guest is Calandra. Uh, Calandra is an entrepreneur, business mentor, uh, author and member of Women of Sex Tech. She's also founder of Love Giver, Risk uh, to Live and Lust. Hi Calandra and welcome to our today's panel discussion. Hello there, thank you for such a wonderful uh, introduction. Great to be here. Uh, our next guest is Jason Maskell. Jason is an entrepreneur and startups inspirer. He also a founder of uh, Lifeforce Hub and uh, Crowd Capital Limited. Hi there. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me in. And last but not least, I'm very glad to introduce you to Ola uh, Mijinska. Ola is CEO and co-founder of Essex Tech, and she's also researching multiple technology trends. Uh, hi, Ola. Hi guys, thank you so much for having me here. Looking forward to a talk. Thank you all for joining us today. I think that today's um, discussion is going to be awesome and hot. And the first question I'd like to address to all of you. Uh, so, as far as I know, sex tech is an industry predicted to be worth more than one billion, like in 2024. Uh, however, the industry, industry is still shrouded in taboo and stigma. Do you think that this situation will change somehow in the nearest future? And if yes, uh, what will have the biggest impact on it? It is a very good question. It often comes during the talks uh, around the sex and wellness and, and health industry. And um, my opinion on that would come maybe first from, from touching the sector, a massive, massive sector of our industry, which is a sex toy, which currently... Um, shifting towards the, the navigation of uh, self-care and wellness. And that is a new thing. And when I look on our industry, I, I always look back in the, in the wellness industry first, because uh, in my opinion, that was this, this great moment when, when the users understood that um, it is worth to, to, to take care of your physical well-being and mental well-being. And, you know, and then we started to track everything. So we track our calories, we track our heartbeat, we track uh, whatever we go, steps, how we sleep, meditation, and so on and so on. 
And from that moment, we started to acknowledge that digitalization of, of uh, wellness, it's our everyday life because that's what we do. Um, and then a very interesting example came with a shift in the same pattern into femtech industry. Because of the 15 years ago, we put a menstruation up uh, to the investor pitch deck, that would be a very low chance that, you know, it would get attention of, of the VCs. And right now, the femtech is a billion, billion dollar industry. Um, so from one part of understanding normalization of a product, commercialization of a product, and put it into everyday using to be familiar with, with, the, with, the, with the changing. And the same goes right now, and, I, and we, we see that uh, the, same, the same wave goes right now with the sex tech industry. So in, in the very near future, uh, the apps designed for um, a sexual being, sexual education, um, sex online therapy are going to be normalizing our everyday life so i would say the antagonizing of the sex tech industry is a slow process of education and putting the products among our everyday life thank you thank you, thank you. uh jason do you have something to add i think it's true it's it's the industry is changing the industry is opening up people are starting to grow up and be more open-minded um and be more understanding of what they want in their life for pleasure for wellness um and with that shift towards retail stores and online stores becoming more mainstream um i think the change over the last 20 years is it's become legalized in more countries um, and easier to sell products, which has opened it up to more people. So people become more open minded um, and that's got to continue. There are still certain sectors um, of the media and mainstream industries that still you say the word sex. They run a mile, even though everyone's doing it and they all want to get involved with it at an arm's length. And it's sort of breaking down those barriers. But also, having those barriers are great because then it allows true entrepreneurs and business people who are totally committed um, to move this industry forward and bring good products to markets that everyone can use and enjoy and not become just a corporate joke. Thank you. Calandra? Oh, well, I totally agree with everything that Ola and Jason have said, you know, they've really, um, you know, said it all there. But I think some things that will definitely change the attitude and the, the, uh, the industry to make it more taken seriously and for the people investing in it and having these companies to actually benefit more from it is uh, a complete change of attitude across so many levels. I mean, um, you know, there is a massive corporate block against adult industry in general and I think this is probably the biggest hurdle that companies face when they go into the sex tech industry trying to launch a company um, you know I mean it's kind of every I think everybody knows these days you know if you've got a sex tech company you probably won't be able to advertise it on social media you will have your accounts taken down, you will struggle to find payment processing. If you have any kind of a physical outlet, you might struggle to get your landlord to allow you to have those offices. Even if you wanna send your mail out letter, don't use MailChimp, <laughs> you know, there's kind of from every level. 
Um, there's also the broader problem that a lot of these sex tech and femtech companies, as Ola said, are women run and the funding industry is very much still a male dominated um, industry, which presents its own set of problems, but we won't talk about that. So, so that's kind of what you're facing. And, you know, what is the solution to that? I mean, I think money talks and the only way these really big corporate companies will change their attitude towards sex and sex tech is really the mainstream taking it on. So what that will help is more celebrity endorsement and realizing that, you know, the, the big bucks to be made are really upfront and visible and that if they don't allow it, then they're just gonna be losing out. Um, you know, there've been some really great campaigns by celebrities at the moment, which have really, um, really made a big difference. You know, I mean, over lockdown, there've been so many podcasts about people, you know, what sex toys they're using, what tech they're using. And I mean, even, you know, even two or three years ago, that's something that, you know, you really wouldn't see. So it's, it's really making a really big difference in this industry. I mean, what would also help is having some really big businesses supporting it. So for example, um, um, you know, there's been some really amazing brands recently just putting so much money behind this industry and their products that it's making everyone else kind of stand up and take notice of what's going on. So that makes it taken more seriously. Okay, thank you. You, you started to mention some very uh, obstacles and barriers for these uh, startups. Uh, but maybe maybe you can name a few brands that uh, managed to overcome it and achieve a real success and uh, just share some of the names and how did they manage to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the one that stands in, you know, springs to mind is Satisfier, which is a sex toy company. And I know that other Ola is very familiar with them. They've sponsored her events. And so this is a huge company, which, I mean, their budget is amazing. And I mean, well, yeah, their budget is amazing and they're spending a lot of money on their marketing, which means that people are really starting to take notice of them. You know, predominantly in the past, we're talking about small companies with a smaller budget, which cannot take massive billboards out. They can't take full page adverts out in all of the main magazines. Um, but they they can. So Satisfyer is definitely one of them. Um, another one is a Welltech company, which has the Womanizer brand. So that one, I mean, you know, if you talk about a celebrity endorsed sex toy, Lily Allen and Womanizer is definitely the partnership of the moment. Um, in, Lily Allen is a, is a female singer from the UK, but definitely global appeal. And she has collaborated with Womanizer and come out with this sex toy. And I think it has really broken into a new market, or new markets rather, and really put it, put it on the map. And I think there's definitely going to be a shift after that. So there's a couple that spring to mind, but there are there are lots of others like um, uh, Delario and Dame Products as well. So Dame Products is a female-owned um, sex tech company that produce sex toys. And they have really approached their marketing in a different way. So as Ola was talking about the well-being aspect and femtech with menstruation products, uh, really helping to lift the sex tech market in general, 
Dame Products have recently launched a reusable tampon applicator, but which means that they can advertise this product on Facebook and Instagram. So, so this for them is their gateway to the rest of their products. So it's still a sex toy company using this certain aspect to get more traction. And obviously they're reaching their target target audience. You know, they make sex toys for women. They're selling a menstruation product. It's, a, it's perfect. So yeah, so there are some of the ones which, which really spring to mind at the moment. Very inspiring, <laughs> thank you. And uh, since we all uh, started talking about startups and I've got the question for Jason. So, uh, uh, launching a product may be different. The thing that we face that uh, not every payment provider is willing to work with a uh, startup uh, in sex tech industry, and which makes it actually different to uh, launch your product because you cannot monetize your thing. So, uh, do you have any tips how one can successfully uh, commercialize the idea of the sex tech product? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the hard things for many products, the most new ones, and also some of the most established as well, is um, the financial constraints around them and what they have, um, as sort of been covered before. Also, companies in this area are having bank accounts shut down for them. Um, they find it hard to get bank accounts if you tell your bank manager what you really do. Um, so that's something I'm working on, and I'll, I'll look to talk a bit more about that and give some people some good news about what's happening there. Um, but I think for, for new businesses, um, it can be so hard in, in raising the money they need to launch. And so they have to be creative on what they're doing and how they do it. Um, there's a sort of a few ways out there. There's a few crowdfunding platforms um, that will take sex tech products, not all of them, but again, they normally hide them away you have to do a lot of the marketing yourself they won't help push it so much um that was something i was looking into was the whole crowdfunding because i could see the whole financial side for the sex tech industry um just wasn't getting it and i mean for myself because we wanted to go for equity crowdfunded to really help companies make the leap to grow to become corporates um and because of the regulation we needed in the uk we had to have a thing called an ar for a year where we paid a third party company to cover our regulation and double check everything we're doing and make sure it was all fine. Um, and this isn't a cheap service. You know, we're talking 50, 60,000 pound a year for someone to do an email a month for you and just check your paperwork. And we went to a number of these AR companies and got turned down because they said, that's a great idea what you're doing. That's fantastic. That'd do brilliant. That's such a great industry. No one's doing it we can't work with you because of reputational risk. Um, and this is the problem that companies and startups have is just trying to get that funding in place or get that initial input and, and to keep pushing them forward. And that is slowly changing now with some more VCs coming into the marketplace, um, lots more female-led VCs. Um, from out in Asia and in America and the UK. So there's more coming to that market, but also now means that people who are starting up, they need to be stronger on their business models, which is, you know, which I think is really important. It actually, um, people have to show that they are treating this as a business 
And I think anyone who's starting up, if they want to treat it as a business, by doing their business plans, doing their research, um, that's the best way to start and realize it. This isn't just a bit of fun. These are, you know, as as said, you know, you've got some large corporate companies out there that do a great job because they run it as a business. And that's the most important thing. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so Ola, maybe you could uh, name some brands and how did they manage to get some funding in regards to the allocation? Um, you know, in SXFU, we work a lot of startups, like global startups from completely different locations and also representing completely different sectors of the sex tech industry, starting again from the sex toys ending uh, on the VR AR solutions so um, in particular for the last year I observed and also with my team search um, uh, a big interest around the products which I also mentioned earlier today referring to the sex uh, education for adults uh, sex therapy for adults uh, with uh, with develop digital digital solutions for that and um, and there is a couple of very interesting products, I have to say, that also triggered my mind. This year I was testing those products myself and I was really like, wow, this is really going good direction. Um, for example, our, I can't say our, but the German product, but educated, it's a self-investment product with one million investor investment on the seat level. Um, a very well-designed product for the, uh, for the, um, also um, very developed uh, perspective of uh, adults education, which is a platform in that case. Um, then we have an Enjoy um, from, I don't want to break the number wrong, but I think that was also 4.1 million investment. Um, another product designed for um, self-pleasure understanding and integration of the mindfulness with the pleasure and also the the product behind which there are the female founders the same as the better educated female founders um, then we have a coral another app designed for 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 self-education self-awareness from the con context of um of, uh, of a sex education. And I also think the coral reach uh, around four, four million uh, in seat. And again, female founder behind that. And, I, <laughs> and I'm very proud of, the, of those the projects and, and those brave founders to, to, to reach such a great uh, numbers. But uh, the recent product um, and the founder had pleasure to speak actually last week, uh, it's Mojo. I hope I pronounced this startup correctly. And it's also um, a quite big investment, five million, uh, and, and see it, um, a London-based startup um, with a very very fast growth. And the product is a design for uh, erectile dysfunctions, and it's also a platform uh, with um, features as a one-to-one -one therapy session, on meditation session, and a goal sessions in your exercise daily practice. So uh, those products are at this moment from at least uh, my side are very interesting and and as you can see they all the also in the seed level uh, get in not super small numbers so that that's that's really something uh, that i see as a future thanks um jason uh next question is uh, for you uh if you were um, an early stage startup uh what strategies would you undertake to combat this social stigma and find um, some investment opportunities for your product. Uh, right. Well, and that's that's the hard one. I think the first thing is, as Ola's just said, it's it's now looking at the wider market, is looking at the wellness sector because 
for investors, you've got to give them something that's nice and soft, something that they can wrap the product around. Um, and if it's got a an interest into the wellness side, as well as the sexual pleasure side, um, they're going to want to hear the word wellness before they hear sexual pleasure. So I think it's really looking at what product you're bringing to market, because um, that will decide on where you can go for investors and also how you can market it. Um, on a lot of the sexual pleasure and sexual wellness products, a lot of the startups I've been talking to and, we've, and ones we've seen, it starts to build your database online, get your social media, get your interaction with people, get people to test it with you, get their feedback, um, and really sort of start to build your own tribe. Because then if you go down the route of crowdfunding, if it's even reward-based before you go for the big seed funding and equity, um, you can raise that small amount you need to maybe get a product manufactured and in a beta stage and then get your, your tribe to test it. So I think that can be the most important thing is setting out where your product's going to lie and um, is it also then going to fit into any other, to any other markets and any other divisions um, where before you had company that they made a vibrator, they made a toy for this, they made a toy for that. Um, when the first crowdfunding ones come out, suddenly they named them to be massagers. So it's, it's really looking at how you do it. And there's some great um, companies that have done this well. Vibio, who are launching shortly, they're actually there. Their products are on a boat being shipped over to Europe at the moment. Um, they did their first test. They built their tribe. They got their, their followers to actually try the products out. They helped them with the, the, the whole design, which one they liked best, which one they, they, they sent out samples of the just the frame of the products and would this fit in your hand properly would this fit in your underwear this is where you know how you're going to use it to massage to relax yourself uh, to pleasure yourself would this work for you and they got feedback from their their future customers uh, and that was the the most important thing for her and that's allowed them to raise some good seed money um and and be able to produce their first product and uh, are taking it to market now in such a strong way. Uh, again, they've, they've looked at where their marketplace is, who they're going to sell to, and just really focus on, on, the, on those people. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, I have one question, actually. Uh, from your experience, uh, what are the obstacles uh, that uh, a sex tech startup usually faces that uh, if they were in other industry, they wouldn't? I think Calandra already kind of nailed it in the beginning, mentioning a couple of the obstacles that are 100% um, referring to our industry. So the censorship, for example, then because of the censorship, the, the big issue with the allocation of, of your asset into the marketing because a lot of startups don't know how to even start the marketing strategy and it's not easy in our industry right so so basically um uh, funding and the easy access to funding it's not easy access to funding as, as jason calandra mentioned before um 
there's plenty, plenty of the obstacles that are waiting for the newcomers in our industry. So uh, the, the bank support and the, and the legal side of the structure of your business in many countries will be a problem at the beginning. Um, uh, sometimes, uh, as Calandra say, even location of the business by, by, by renting the, 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 the office for, for, your, for, your, for your business will be a problem. And the payment processor of your, of your um, a legal venture from, from your platform, from your app, will be a problem, which is a massive problem for a lot of webcam solutions, startups, um, and, uh, and the startups offering the adult uh, entertainment. Um, I would also add on the top of this, <laughs> this big mountain of of issues and obstacle, uh, one that uh, in particular I, uh, I, I I've observed uh, among my uh, sex tech community, which is also the HR uh, process issues, because uh, to recruit uh, um, a valuable uh, content creator or a valuable and experienced uh, salesperson in our industry is not also going to be the easy job to do. Um, there's plenty of amazing specialists, but a lot of specialists, because of the connection in the right way towards our industry, would not likely be attached by their name to your project. That, that might be an issue. It might be an issue that they wouldn't like to share and be mentioned on LinkedIn, that, you know, you are also limited by uh, what crew, what team you're going to hire and how you're going to find them. So my advice in that case is to really be open to the remote solution and think global and, to, and think multi-market channel uh, way to, to, to not, uh, not be stick in your own backyard, whether it's Berlin, it's London and, and it's New York and you can find the right team on your side. So my advice would be definitely think global and, and hire international professionals all over the world because it's 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 really important super important to have the people who are also having the exper experience of working in sex tech or adult industry in the end of the day thank you thanks uh, so calandra do you agree that um, education and awareness uh, uh, plays crucial role for sex tech products uh, manufacturer and um, those one in startups um what do you think about it and uh, how startups should educate their potential users and customers on these products yeah well i think if anyone's doing their selling proper properly then that's definitely what they're doing i mean i have sex shops myself and you know i don't have a sales pitch per se to the customers that come in but what i do is i educate everybody from the moment they come in to the moment they leave and so it is all about educating the, your customers and your clients about your products and the benefits of using them and why your product stands out from another. And I don't think that changes just because it's my industry and it's a sex tech product. I think that applies to absolutely anything and everything. Um, but, you know, there is there are, you know, as we've talked about, there are all of these walls and these stigma so focusing on the self-care and wellness aspects of it and how really these sex tech products can enhance your life. You know, there are some really amazing apps out there which are designed to really help you in your relationship. And, you know, even if you're not in one, to how you can improve yourself so that your relationships are easier when you are in one. Um, they are apps to, you know, well, as Jason is working with a, a sex um, a dating app is that right at the moment you know so there's dating apps um, 
so the, it's so broad. So I think education is a really vital part of every step. Um, but that also, I just wanted to add something that was part of what Jason was talking about, the Vibio uh, ladies. So, so they, he mentioned that their product is on its way. You know? <laughs> and I mean, I remember meeting them like, about three or four years ago at an industry event. And, it, you know, my advice for cracking for anybody who wants to come into this industry is get to know your industry. It is all about community. And the first step is to get to know who you're going to be working with, because it's quite a small industry. You know, if you take the amount of people that are in it globally, you know, we're really, really small and we do know kind of everybody or at least somebody who knows somebody else. But that is a perfect example of someone who, who really started their homework early you know they got to know their industry they were at everything they got to know everybody you know and they've really engaged with their customers uh, and with the product and they've already built their ready-made customers they've already educated them on the, what the toy does no one's even seen it yet no one's no one's held it in their hands working but everyone knows all about it so that education starts before it even exists really so that's how vital it is Great, uh, agree. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I'd like to ask uh, the last question for today's discussion. But the uh, most important one. Yes, the most important one. And I'd like to ask all of you. Uh, so uh, what advice would you give to, um, to, to an entrepreneur or a startup um, who uh, would like to enter this space uh, with your accumulated knowledge? and based on your experience. Uh, right. Um, I think, as, as we were just sort of saying there, uh, the Vibio girls did a perfect job of it. Um, they really came in, they had an idea, they had a vision of, of what they wanted to do. Um, and they went out there and, and made sure they started talking to people. So the first thing to do is, is start to look at the industry, look at who you're going to need to work with, um, who you're going to need to talk to, what contacts have you made? As Calandra said, we are a small industry. It's, it's global, it's worth billions. Um, but I know that I can, if I don't know someone, I can pick up a phone or send someone an email and find that person out within two or three messages, two or three calls. That's how small it is. Um, from the CEO of a giant corporate down to uh, a production manager and a warehouse manager, everyone knows everyone. And, and that's the great thing about the industry. Um, and there are a lot of people out there that want to work with each other and want to help people. So when someone's new is don't think you've just got the best thing out there because you haven't, um, but come and talk to people and, and find out if you have something that can, can bring to market, um, that someone hasn't already done or someone's tried and it didn't work and, and find out why it didn't work. And maybe you can improve your idea. So it's network, 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 and then a little bit more networking. Um, and then start putting your resources in place. So look at what you need. So who's going to be your manufacturer? Who's going to be your designer? Um, who's going to be your banker if you can get one? If not, you're going to have to come to me and talk to me about my digital wallet and how we're going to help you. How are you going to raise money? So again, you know, the digital wallet we're bringing to market shortly um, is going to have a investor section to it as well. So is then it's networking and then putting the right pitch together um, yourself or bringing a consultant in who can get you who knows the industry better than you do to to get you everything you need 
Ola, would you like to add something? Yeah, sure. Um, again, 100%, 100%, million percent what Jason just said. And I just like to add on the top of that, that uh, community around the brand, that's that's the, that's the goal around every every time you pitch the product pitch your product at every level of your pitch deck to the community and and look for the connection and um i would also advise advise everyone if possible to find yourself your guide person or two or three like i started with three people from the industry uh advising me not in a professional level understanding of advice but but as a as a network colleagues as a as a, as a strong network Network that was open my doors to another doors and and leading me through one idea towards another and I would suggest to absolutely not be um, afraid to pitch a product that you do not have right now in your hands uh, this is exactly the, the the great example to pitch the idea and and to collect more information and and more connections and to create a community around your brand and to give to community because every loyal community is going to pay you back whether it's crowdfunding campaign you give something for free uh, whether it's your local community uh, in the sense i don't know we can't really speak about the local community in the context of sex tech industry but but the community is a is a crucial um, uh, in every level of, uh, of uh, approaching the, this industry and and i would also just uh, mention to keep uh, keep your niche if, if your product goes to a niche address your niche speak the language of equality speak the the language of a non-gender barrier like be gender friendly and remember about it because that's that's the base also of of our um, industry that sexuality discriminates no one and, and i i do believe that's also important to to remember that and um, hit your niche, but in the same time, be think multi-market channel, like the, the multi-market, the global scale of the product from the very early beginning might help. Thanks a lot. Galandra, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> That's what springs to mind. No, <clears throat> seriously. <laughs> I think... When I say don't do it, I think I speak to lots of people. I've been in this industry a long time and, you know, I hear lots of people come to me, oh, my friend's got this great idea or this industry's, you know, really growing. They they can see an investment opportunity or a chance to make a quick buck. And I would say if you don't have a passion for your product and for this industry, this is the wrong place for you because you, you really do need to have the passion so that, when everyone around you is saying no no you can't do this you can't advertise it there you can't bank with us you can't have this you can't have that you need to see those as challenges to get over instead of just a reason not to do it um and and the only thing which will take you further is a real passion for that product so if you are thinking oh you know you hear these these figures being bandied around oh it's a so so billion market it's global it's you know you think oh okay maybe maybe this is what i should be doing but don't do it unless you really really have a passion for it and you really care for it and if you've got that then as jason said and ola it's about networking and community this is a really small industry and what i really love about it is that everybody cheerleads each other because if one company can do it and get through, that means we have got a chance. 
And I don't know any other industry like that where there really is this supportive, um, supportive element. But if you if you're coming into it for the first time, then speak to the people who have been here for a while, and they will, you know, point you very, very easily and very quickly in the directions of things that which will make your journey a lot easier. And lastly, as as Ola said as well, it's about community. Uh, engage with your target audience. You know, again, the number of, of guys that have come in to speak to me about this amazing sex toy that they, they've invented or that they just want to import and it's for women and they just have no idea, you know, about the, the branding or the videos that go with it. It's like, couldn't you even have shown it to your girlfriend or I don't know, like anyone that's, that, that's maybe going to be seeing this? Um, it's really... Yeah, really surprising sometimes. But yeah, so so speak to your target audience and good luck. <laughs> You'll need it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I really was very inspired by your by our today's discussion. It was very, very informative and uh, great. Thank you guys for joining us today uh, again. Uh, so that you find, find some time and uh, speak and inspire some um, early stage startups uh, or maybe someone who is in this business already um, to continue and uh, move on or reconsider their strategy somehow. That, that was great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. They were great questions and great answers as well. I mean, very good company. <laughs> I hope maybe we'll meet sometime. Uh... <laughs> Somewhere. In person, yeah, on, on the conference that uh, always organized. Offline, we're going to meet in Berlin. <laughs> this is where you're going to meet. <laughs> you're going to meet in Berlin. <laughs>